Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It's Amanda and Baron, and I'm so happy to be back on this beautiful day. Before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, Breezy HVAC. Make sure to reach out to them for any of your HVAC needs. They're absolutely amazing. And then Odmo's Pizza. I mean, you just really can't go wrong when it comes to pizza, especially Odmo's Pizza. Good morning, Baron. How are you? Good morning. Here we are again. Yes, we are. So let's recap last week. So last week we talked about Jennifer Beaumont. Yes. And I want to. I, I actually got an email from her after we did our show last week. Okay. So I've got some specific dates. Yeah. For, for that, updates. Let's touch on those. Absolutely. Okay. So I met Jennifer in two thousand at the start of two thousand nineteen. Okay. Uh, for those that were listening last week, I didn't realize it at the time, but she had a connection to cancer that I didn't know about. Right. She reached out to me uh, about the middle of March, and one of her volunteer jobs is she works with the Relay for Life down in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. So she was organizing the Relay for Life at OSU campus, and their keynote speaker couldn't make it. So she asked me to actually be their keynote speaker. Okay. Was Which a little intimidating. Perfect person. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you were nervous. <laughs> well, I wasn't actually as nervous as I thought when I got there. And for those that know OSU's campus, there's this big grassy area, kind of a commons area. Mm-hmm. There was six or seven hundred students. Yeah, it was the biggest crowd I've spoken to so far. <laughs> but I will tell you that speaking at chamber is more nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because you can see all their faces. Yes. And if they're not paying attention and they're bored, you know it. Right, right. 700 people is just a mass of faces. Yes. But I was trying to find a way to inspire those 700 to walk because it was a it was a twelve right. That's right. And we started like five o'clock at night, so they had to walk at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Right. And so I had just to do that. And then about what I didn't know during that whole time period was that Jennifer was exhibiting some breathing difficulties. She thought she might have asthma. She some kind of breathing problem. She didn't know for sure what it was. So by the end of two thousand nineteen, she had had some tests done, and. They came back and they said, well, the tests are not asthma. We're not positive what it is, but that was at the start of 2020. Okay. This timeline is kind of important. Yes. Because by March of 2020, when they should have been telling her what the results were. When COVID hit. COVID hit. Yep. So for a variety of reasons, and this isn't a political show, so I'll get into my political opinions (laughs) here, but for a variety of reasons... Her test results were not looked at again until May. Okay. It was just kind of put on the back burner, unfortunately. Put on the back back burner because the only thing we really were worried about was COVID. Right. When they did look at her results, she had stage four lung cancer. Whoa. But not just one tumor. She had three different tumors that had three different pathological signatures. Yes. So she had stage four lung cancer three times at the same time. That's Crazy. Crazy. And that's not common at all. Not like we common. we talked about. Not common. So July 23rd, 2020. Okay. Was the day she started her treatment. So March, April, May, June, July. So four months after even being tested. No, six months. Four months after she should have been told. Oh, yes. Sorry. Right? Yes. Like she went in for testing in December and January. Six months is a really, really long time, yeah. especially when you have stage four cancer. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. So again, the hindsight's twenty twenty. Who knows whether it would have made it any right. difference? Right. But it is annoying to me that they didn't even do anything for that long. Extremely. Yeah. So it starts off with surgery. They cut the tumors out. 
They do radiation to stop the spread. Then they began chemotherapy, which was in August, September, October, November. Wow. Of 2020. Okay. Those that know our organization, we have a Go Team concept. She was our Go Team recipient in the fourth quarter. Okay. For protocol reasons, I was trying to find the right word. (laughs) (laughs) For reasons beyond my understanding, the governor felt it was important to shut the entire state down during the fourth quarter. Yeah. So our first attempt to help Jennifer, she works for a baseball team called the Corvallis Knights. And they meet there at Goss Stadium in Corvallis. So we're going to have her come out to the pitcher's mound. Oh, that's right. Yep. White is the color for lung cancer. We're going to get a bunch of people behind home plate. Just a massive show of support wearing white. Yeah. Nope. You cannot have people gather like that. That's bad news bears, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. So we started talking to restaurants in Corvallis. And we were going to have an evening where you went out to dinner. We're going to call it the Corvallis nights okay oh okay yep <laughs> and we and we're it's like no cost to you just go out to dinner yeah and the restaurants were willing to donate 25 30 35 percent of the ticket as a fundraiser for jennifer okay brilliant governor says nope you can't go to dinner <sighs> you remember fourth quarter 2020 yes restaurants you can't go inside so that was out the window. That's so crazy. I almost forget about those days. I times. know. We forget about those days. But mm-hmm. So we weren't going to give up. And I worked pretty heavily with the president of the Corvallis Knights baseball team. And we utilized social media to announce that we were going to do a drive-by. Oh, yes. Okay. The drive-by, like the drive-by parade yeah. type things. Yep. Yeah. Those were kind of a big deal during COVID. They were. I participated in a few. Yeah. <laughs> so we met at West Albany High School. And again, when you announce this, you don't know for sure how many are going to show up. Right. And I was... So dumbfounded when like 30 cars just started lining up to the drive past The support was our awesome. House. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was December the 15th of 2020. <clears throat> and I got a message from her about two weeks later. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to go in for radiation again. And the text actually said that she kicked cancer in the donkey so hard <laughs> she did not have to have radiation. Yes. That was probably we, pretty exciting for her. Very exciting. Well, here's some updates on the timeline. Okay. So, March of 2021, she was going in for her normal checks, Mm -hmm. and they saw a spot that was one millimeter, which is incredibly small. Tiny, tiny, tiny. tiny. But they saw this spot on her right lung. So, they brought her back in May, and in two months, the spot had doubled in size, and there was another spot. Okay. Between... June, July, and August, they began doing radiation again to try to stop this little thing from growing. Right. And I'm going to get into a little bit later why I think that may have been a bad decision. Not not on her part. Right. But um, the scan in March of this year, that tumor was much larger, rapidly growing. It was what was called an invasive tumor, and it was still in her right lung. So they said, come back again in April of this year. There were five additional tumors. Wow. It was inoperable. Radiation was not an option at this point. They had two or three opinions. Initially, they did the radiation through her chest to get to the lungs. Right. But it was the left lung initially. Now it's the right lung. And there was enough scar tissue from the radiation. The only way to get to it this time was through her esophagus. And that would kill her, right? That would kill her. Yeah. So radiation is now off the table. That was April of this year. Jeez. In May of this year, she was put on palliative care. And can you explain what that is again? 
when when it's pretty certain that your diagnosis is not treatable and has become terminal, palliative care means they do their very best to keep you comfortable. Okay. Until you die. Right. So not hospice quite yet. Hospice is the very end. Okay. So it's like the in-between stage. Right. Okay. And so in May of this year, she was put on a hospice for 13 to 22 months. Okay. Hospice or? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Palliative care. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Palliative care. I'm like, whoa. Let's let's not speed this up too quick. really quick there. (laughs) let's Let's not put her on hospice. She was put on palliative care and given 13 to 22 months. Okay. So, in theory, June of next year could be hospice. Right. Okay. Right? In August, which is now, she is taking four doses of uh, a drug called carboplatin, another one called Keytruda. Okay. I feel like we've touched on the – I don't we, even we, want to we, try we, to botch we, that one. <laughs> um, she's given those every 21 days. Oh, wow. Okay. And then also another combination – that is a drug that I'm not going to try to say because I know I'll screw this one up. But that one in combination with Keytruda. So both drugs are a combination. It's okay. a combination of carboplatin, Keytruda, and then this other drug in Keytruda. Okay. Every 21 days. That's a lot. It's a lot. And those drugs are what are called immunotherapy drugs. Now, what does that mean exactly? Um, basically, it means that the drug is trying to activate your body's own immune system. Okay. Okay. But... The fact that she's on Keytruda leads directly into some shocking information for you. Okay. Okay. I like you how you segued into I, that I one. Did, I did. You had to do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, once I knew that she was on Keytruda, uh, I'd already read some stuff about Keytruda. Mm-hmm. So I thought we could bring some information in about Keytruda. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, we've touched on it a little bit. Yeah. I think the bottom line is... Uh, Last every summer, we've been able to go to the Corvallis Knights, and they have a game that's called Strikeout Cancer. They bring a nonprofit to sell 50 50 raffle tickets. We've okay. been honored enough to be that nonprofit because it kind of fits that game, right? Right, yeah. Last summer, I saw her after treatment, she's walking through the stands. Um, she would go up a flight of stairs, and she a little bit of winded. Right. Try to get her breath because 25% of her lung capacity is gone, and that's a big amount. It's a big amount. This year, she's dragging an oxygen tank behind her with the tube in her nose to give her yeah. oxygen because without it, she can't, her lungs aren't generating enough oxygen to do it on her own. She has to have the help of the oxygen. Has to. And that's the difference I saw in one year. Yeah. Good um, for her for still being out there, though. Like you said, it fills her cup. That's what her makes cup. her happy. I'm glad being... you remembered that from last week. <laughs> yeah. I, I've used it a few times since you said that. Um, it makes so much sense. I mean, if that's what. If that's what makes her happy and fills her cup, then good for her. Yeah. She's out there fighting it and just she's putting a face to it also. Well, and the question I would ask you and all of our listeners is if if you knew that you had fought your fight mm-hmm. and she's been fighting now for a couple of years, you've been fighting, you fighting your fight, your fight, and you're told we've run out of options and you're going on palliative care. And if you knew you had 13 to 22 months left, what would you do? So I am a person who um, I don't deal with uh, anything not good, good. (laughs) Um, I tend to hide. I tend to shut down um, and kind of go in a little hole, you know. Um, So I don't, but it's like at the same time, if I was told I could only, I was only going to live that long, I think I would want to go out there and live my best life also, though, if that's the case. Like, 
That's a really difficult question. It's a hard question. That's a really hard question. I think I would be so sad and depressed. It would be hard to get over it, to tell you the truth. Well, I know that I'd when, be bitter. when we first met, when we first had Jennifer submitted as a GO team, mm-hmm. she resisted. Really? Only because her whole life had been volunteering in Corvallis. Okay. She had volunteered for numerous things. She was the person giving. It right. was hard to be the one receiving. I can only imagine. And her attitude was a whole lot different this year than last year. Oh, I bet. Because this year, she, she last year she was scurrying around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. This year she was walking the crowd, thanking people for being there, being a hostess to the ones who buy season tickets. Yeah. And they're watching her drag an ox machine. She's got a lot of strength, yep. to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, if any of our listeners, if you want to answer that question, I think that would be really cool on what you would do or how you would take it or uh, go ahead and email us. Do you want to give your email or you want me to give mine? Or? Give yours out. Give yours okay. Out. Uh, email us at amanda at kslm.news. That'd be cool to review them and maybe we could read off a few. Yeah. Just to see a different perspective from different people because I think we're all different and we all uh, take things in differently and react differently. And so it It'd be interesting to see different points of views. Yeah. And maybe next week, anyone who does email in, we could read some of those emails and get some perspective. Yeah. So there's our challenge to listeners. Email us your thoughts on this question. Oh, I can't wait to read your guys's. Yeah. That'll be fun. Because that's a hard question. It is. It's a double-sided sword. I, I, You want to live your best life, but I feel like I would be... It makes me angry that I feel like I would be bitter towards it. Like, just ang- I feel like I'd be a little angry. Yeah. At the world. It's not fair. Yeah. And that's what kind of puts perspective, it puts into perspective how much more I need to be doing self-care with what I eat and do, maybe even going on a little extra walk, because that that can be really scary. Yeah. So I, I, as I I was kind of recapping this in my mind, how we're going to talk about Jennifer's story, Mm -hmm. and I read that, and I thought, 13 months. If I knew that by September of next year, I might be dead. Right. What would I do in the next year? And? I would do what she's doing. Yeah. I would do what you fills, would. I, would, I, know I you would. would. I would do what fills my cup. Mm-hmm. And for her, filling her cup is her her job is the Corvallis Knight. She loves the team. She loves the people who show up to watch the games. She was out there. Dragging an ox machine behind her, she was out there. Still given. Yeah. And if I, I, I'm not the kind of guy that would hide. I would, I would be out there just thanking people until I died. Yeah. Well, made it make me feel like a hider. <laughs> Was not my intention. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Was You're not okay. My that's uh, unfortunately that's one of my coping skills. If I'm getting in an argument with somebody or if something just doesn't go well, I just it's easier for me to just slip away and disappear and let the problem go away. And that's not healthy. <laughs> well, we all deal with we all deal with stuff differently. Yeah. So this is not you know the listeners are out there. You feel free to you know this is not a judgment. Whatever you know, it's not a judgment because we all do stuff differently. Well, yeah, you and I are complete opposites on what we think we might do. Yeah, although but I you know admire what? what you would. But do. But until that is in my face, it's easy to say it now. Same, same. I think I'd be like, nope, we're hopping on a plane. We're gonna go live our best life. Come on, yeah. I need, I want to do all the things, and I just want to smile on my face. So I, I would disagree that I think that just because I've known you for a very short period of time, but I don't think that you would hide. I think that you would go, I've got a year to live. Let's mm-hmm. go live life. Yeah, I hope so. The, I hope you never have to answer that question. I hope, yes, I hope that I never <laughs> I have hope to you answer never that, that question. question. Same, same so, to you. 
So do you want me to shock you with this stuff? Holy smokes, hit me with it. I you're love not, this. This is my favorite part. You're not going to like this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're pissing been... me off, Baron. I know. Wait a minute. Where's Terry at? <laughs> so the, what I found so interesting was, like, I had heard about Katruda. I'd actually seen some commercials on TV about Katruda, mm-hmm. but I didn't know a whole ton about it. So I wanted to do some research on it. Yeah. There's a there's a trial, another trial drug. It's called Opdivo. And it's for lung cancer, and it's also, it's an immunotherapy. But the problem is people don't totally understand the words they're hearing sometimes. Mm -hmm. So Opdivo reported that patients got an extra three months of life at a cost of $100,000. That's an expensive three months. Yeah. Whoa. Based on that finding, Bristol-Myer Squibbs, which is the one that makes Opdivo, actually trademarked the slogan, a chance to live longer. Which means if you and I want to do a commercial, we cannot use the phrase, a chance to live longer, because they own that phrase. That's weird. And also, it's a chance. It's not a guarantee. Right. Is that what that, is that their... That's that's their legal way around it. It's a chance it's a to chance live a little longer. to live longer. And, and based upon a study they did, based upon a bunch of patients they, they studied, they got an extra three months using Opdivo at a cost of $100,000. Wow. I would be – does it say how many people out of the study lived that extra three months? Let's see. It does not. It does I, say the problems can, can sometimes become serious or life-threatening and can lead to death. Another immunotherapy drug – Keytruda. Oh, oh, there's that one. Yeah. So, so it starts off about the one, but then another immunotherapy drug, Keytruda, is estimated to cost as much as one million dollars per year per patient. Whoa! I know that pissed me off too. One million dollars. <laughs> one million dollars per year per patient, depending upon the dose amount. Merck and Bristol Myers Squibb sold nine billion dollars worth of immunotherapy drugs between 2015 and 2017. In two years, they sold $9 billion worth of immunotherapy that, that don't even guarantee you're going to make it through this. It's a chance that you might live three months longer right. for a million dollars a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, years ago, I worked at Costco. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that I worked with, and his wife had been diagnosed with lung cancer. And she was given an opportunity to be part of this group that would get this particular drug. Okay. Okay. And he looked at him and laughed. Really? He's like, I work at Costco. I can't afford that oh, yeah. drug. Right. Right. There's no freaking way. Right. And so so they were going to sell it to him for $100,000. And he laughed. And, he, and they said, fine. How about $10,000? Which he still laughed at going, you know. But my first thought was, where are the other nine? That's what I'm thinking. Well, how did it go down? <laughs> Do well, I just get a fraction of the dose? Is yeah. that what's happening? Or is there that much markup that you can take it from a million to dollars? How it does that work? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. It doesn't make sense to me. That's insane. That kind of reminds me, my husband got a medical bill um in the mail a few months ago, and it said for the if you have insurance, this is the cost. If you don't have insurance, then this is the cost. And if you had insurance, it was like triple the amount of what it would be versus if we were just paying it outright. It was like, how does this make sense? And that kind of reminds me of how did that go from a million dollars to 10000 Which makes the question that comes to me now, 
for the last several years, I've actually, with what I've been reading, become frustrated with the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. But now I wonder, are they puppets of the insurance industry? Yeah. That. Because you saw a bill that yeah. said if you have insurance, it costs that much. If you don't, it costs that much. So who's controlling who here? Right. Are we puppets of the insurance industry? I'm feeling like there's a lot of oh, – I feel like everybody's a puppet. I, like who's at top? Who's at the top? Right. Who's orchestrating all of this? Right. Who's who's putting the rules out? How did that person become – they can get it for 10000 but this person's a million. Yeah. How do you decide that? How is that fair? Well, here's what's really shocking about my situation at Costco. The gentleman – Said he couldn't afford that drug. His wife, this that was at that time that was her third bout with lung cancer. They found a doctor who was from India, and he and he said, I want you to go home and take some molasses and boil it till it's very, very viscous. Pour it in those little popsicle tubes you make for your kids. Oh yeah. And add some baking soda to it. And this eat it like a popsicle. Okay. Her cancer went away. Really? Remember what I was talking about? Creating an alkaline environment in your body? Yes. That's what they did. Holy smokes. And the American Medical Association said, you cannot practice medicine in the United States like that. They pulled his license and sent him back to India. No way. So he didn't offer them a million dollars worth of drugs. He offered them molasses and baking soda and a popsicle stick. Very simple and very cheap. And the cancer went away. And it was probably nowhere. They probably didn't get sick from all the medications and treatments. And the list goes on and on and on. Yep. And they and they threw his... So where he's from, is the cancer rates high? I, I, I'd be interested... I'd be interested... You're giving me homework now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do every week. I know. I'm going to see what I can find out about foreign countries. I would be interested to see... Other countries, because we've talked about how America, how they advertise and promote pharmaceutical companies and medications so much. And that's not how it is worldwide. No. So I'd be interested to see what the cancer rates are in other countries. Right. And I'll, okay, next week I'll bring that for you. Okay, I'm pretty excited to see that. I feel like they'll be at least 25% lower. At least. Yeah. Do you have a guess? It depends on the country. Okay, but but it's, fair gonna be, it's gonna be at least twenty five percent. The one country I do know about for sure, because I've actually done some research on this one specifically, for those that know this little island, you have a Honduras on one side, you have the Dominican Republic on the other side. Oh yeah. The Dominican Republic is more first world. There's a lot more things to do. Right. Honduras is more there's poorer. Yes. For a variety of reasons, the hurricanes seem to hit Honduras more than they hit Dominican Republic. Right. Right. But those hurricanes destroy the crops over and over and over again. So the food system in Honduras is not very good. Okay. 40% of Honduran people have cancer. Whoa. And I think it's because their food supply is destroyed. Whoa, that's a really high number of yeah. people. So again, I've got no proof of that, but based on what I've been reading, right? if you can't get the food, if you can't get the phytonutrients, if you can't get the stuff from the food because the hurricanes are killing the food crops— but, yeah. But almost half of Hondurans have cancer. Wow. And it probably goes untreated also. No, probably because it's a very poor country. They right. Have, you don't have, have no the medication. No. But you don't. No. Now, India is a much bigger country. So I'm going to do some research on India based upon our conversation. Right. But um, it is insane that 
He went from a drug that was so expensive to something as simple as molasses and baking soda. So simple. And it cured the cancer. That's and pretty crazy. And they the doctor out of the United States. Holy smokes. And they threw him out. Like, they, they pulled his license to practice medicine in the United States and told me he had to go back to India. Like they were scared. He was going to expose something. There's a lot of stuff that he could have exposed. Yes, there is. Okay, well, on that note, <laughs> we are going to go to break. So I want to give a shout out really quick to our sponsors again. That's Breezy HVAC and Oddmo's Pizza. Um, please show them your support. Um, we wouldn't be able to do these shows without them. And so huge thank you to them again. That's Breezy HVAC and Oddmo's Pizza. And we'll be back right after the commercials. Mm-hmm. 